Pray with me. Gracious God, we thank you for your presence and power among us. Particularly, we thank you for creating life everywhere in the universe, on this planet, in our community, in our families, and especially this morning, we thank you for our lives to live on this spring Sunday morning. We thank you for the capacities to feel and think and and decide and act and suffer and celebrate. God, thank you. Gracious God, thank you for giving us life. We thank you also for calling us to yourself and giving us to each other. It's good, God, to be together among your people at Mount Carmel this morning, to look into the faces of people we know and people we don't, new people who come to worship with us. We thank you for the presence of other people in our lives, for the sound of their voices, for their caring for us and we caring for them. Lord Jesus Christ, we come this morning expecting your presence and power to meet us again. So Holy Spirit, reach into our lives and our minds and our hearts. Inspire us, teach us, comfort us. In your name we pray, amen. God has been present and powerfully at work forever. Since the beginning of everything, God has been laying out the universe, the stars and planets, and among them, the one on which we reside this morning, planet Earth. God's been present and powerfully at work forever. If we pick up the scripture and read the Old Testament, we discover God at work everywhere there. Early on, he calls a particular people whom he will bless, so what? So that they can be a blessing to others, a nation blessed to bless others at the hand of a powerful and present God. That nation, as you recall, fell into slavery in Egypt. And under the leadership of, of Moses and Aaron, God liberated, broke free those people out of slavery, crossing the Red Sea through the wilderness for 40 years and into a new land that he gave him. God present and powerful all around us. On the way into that new promised land, remember, through Moses, he gave them a compass and a pathway, a guide to life every day in the world. And we've got it. Some of us have memorized it. You know them, the Ten Commandments. So this God, present, powerful, at work forever. And then in God's work and presence comes Jesus. And he's different than the way God has been working before. He's unconventional. In the time in which he comes among the Jewish people, he does not attend rabbi school. He's not one of the chief priests. Yet he teaches in a way that's clear and true and wise. So much so that people are taken by what he has to say because it, it reaches into their lives and gives them a new beginning, new ideas, new ways of being 
And so they flock to, to see him and hear him. Not only does he teach in a way that's clear and true and wise, but he heals people where he goes. He's a positive influence in the places where he walks. And those places are not just in the synagogue and the temple, but he's in the streets and on the countryside. And as he goes there and people are hurting, he reaches out and heals them. But not all. He doesn't heal everyone. As he walks in these places, he does also miracles. But he only does them when he chooses. As this unconventional presence and activity of God flows among the people of Israel, the leaders of his day get ticked off. He doesn't work according to the ways they want him to work. He's not under their institutional authority. In fact, at times, he even challenges their traditions. He says things like, were human beings made for tradition? Were human beings made for the Sabbath? Or were traditions made for human beings? Which is it? And it's important to get it straight. Confused and angry, they confront Jesus. And in confronting him, they say, essentially, so on what basis are you doing all this? Who gives you the authority? Who gives you permission to teach and be among the people and command the following that you've got? Who is this? And Jesus, undefensibly, simply tells them a story. You've heard it read, and we're going to read it again. And as we read it again, I want to alert you to some awareness as we read the story. There are characters in the story, several of them, a king, a son, guests, slaves, and so on. I ask you to think as we read it a second time, who might you be in the story? Are you a king? Have you ever sponsored a wedding banquet? Are you a daughter or a son who's been a part of a wedding banquet at the occasion of a wedding? Have you served at a wedding banquet? Have you been a guest? Have you been invited? And what kind of guest were you when you came? And you might even want to ask this morning as we read the scripture again, when you came to the wedding, were you wearing a wedding robe? And what does that mean? Let's look at it again. The story that Jesus tells the religious leaders of his time when they're angry about his unconventional way of being God's presence and power. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, maltreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to, the sla said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. 
Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so that the wedding hall was filled with guests. But then the king came in to see the guests. He noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Can it be that the presence and powerful activity of God around us day to day, week to week, year to year, is like a party? <laughs> it's like a, a banquet thrown at the occasion of a major milestone that changed the status of people's lives. Can it be that the presence of God in Jesus Christ is like a wedding banquet? Seems so. Perhaps, like a wedding banquet is celebrating good news, so the gospel is the good news that in Jesus Christ, God came that the world might be saved. It's good news, the gospel. Like a wedding banquet, the gospel is about a celebration of love. Banquets celebrate the love of a couple and the love of families surrounding them. Can it be that Jesus' presence is the celebration of God's love, not only in Jesus, but in the world, and among you, and between you and those whom you know. Can it be that the kingdom of God, the gospel, is like a wedding banquet where love is celebrated? Could it be that the power and presence of God in Jesus Christ is like guests being invited and being a part of the party? Have you been invited? I would think so. Being here this morning, somehow you've been brought into the life of God in Jesus Christ. Being here this morning is an indication that you have a sense that to be in the banquet is to come and celebrate that love, to celebrate the changes, to celebrate what's happened because of God alive and real in Jesus Christ. So, Wedding banquet, Mount Carmel worship, the celebration of the presence and power of God in Jesus Christ. So what has it been like for you? What's it like to be a guest? What's it like to have been invited into this incredible celebration of God's power and love? Here's how one person put it. I'd walked life's way with an easy tread, had followed where comforts and pleasures led, until one day in a quiet place, I met the master face to face. With station and wealth and rank as my goal, much thought for the body and none for the soul, I'd entered to live in life's big race till I met the master face to face. I'd reared my castles and built them high, their spears, spires had pierced the blue of the sky, I'd vowed to rule with an iron mace till I met the master face to face. I met him and saw him and delighted to see that his eyes filled with compassion were focused on me. And I faltered and fell at his feet that day 
and the castles melted and vanished away. Not else could I see but the master's face. And my life now is for the lives of men because I've lost my life to find it again. Ere since that day in a quiet place, I met the master face to face. Dear friends in Christ, invited to the wedding banquet, the bridegroom wants to know you. The bridegroom wants to share life with you. And Mount Carmel is a wedding banquet where that sharing the presence and life of God is available to you. So come and worship. Sing and, and pray, your, pray your hearts out. Come and be forgiven and, and forgive other people. Come and be healed and reach into other people's lives and heal. Come and study whether you're a part of the group of joy or the men's Bible study and reach into the truth and the wisdom of Christ's teaching and let it come to bloom in your life so that you too can celebrate with the bridegroom the love that comes from God in Christ Jesus. As we leave the story today, there's a hard edge to the story. Remember, the guests who had been invited were too busy to come. Too much going on in their lives. <laughs> they were farming. They were conducting business. They had schedules like you wouldn't believe, so they didn't come. Somehow, they chose the mundane stuff of life, filling up their days, rather than come to know the power and presence of Jesus, the love of God in Jesus Christ. Could that be our lives these days? Are there days when our lives are like that? Seems so. And the story encourages us to participate in the processes of worship and music and prayer and study and healing and being forgiven that are, in fact, the light and power of the love of God in Jesus Christ. So this morning, as you come, Welcome to the banquet. Enjoy, sing, and delight in the love of God that's yours in Jesus Christ. And whether you take the wings of the morning and move to moments of great joy and excitement this week, or you slip into the depths of pain and despair, be assured that the one whose love is celebrated in the banquet is with us in good times and bad and will be, a, be with us day in and day out forever and ever and ever. Amen.